and welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence, brought to you by the TCT content team. I'm Laura Griffiths, TCT Head of Content, and I'm joined by, on my left first... Uh, junior Editorial Content Producer, Ollie Johnson. And on my right... Uh, group Content mistake, Manager, <laughs> Group Content Manager, TCT, Sam Davis. That is a new job title, so I'm allowed it to is. get it. Congratulations, Sam. Um, we're all very, very tired because it is the last day of Rapid Plus TCT 2023. We're sat in what was the conference meeting room uh, here at McCormick Center, McCormick Place in Chicago. Um, we look like we're kind of set up for some strange sports conference at the moment. Uh, but it's the only quiet place we can record this podcast. And when Sam and I did this last year in the middle of a trade show breaking <laughs> down, um, it, it was entertaining, but it didn't make for very good listening, did it? <laughs> uh, it depends if you want to hear how a trade show being pulled down sounds. It might be some like weird ASMR thing. Maybe. It'd be a bit odd, that though, isn't it? Would be. It'd be a, be a, you know, a branching out of, <laughs> of our current content. <laughs> so we're just going to recap some of the things that we have seen uh, this week. It's still very noisy, guys. So that is just our team being really noisy behind the wall. <laughs> um, we're going to try and recap some of the things that we've seen this week. There have been quite a lot of launches, news stories, things like partnerships and, and whatnot happening around the show floor. Uh, we've covered the majority of them on the TCT Magazine website this week, um, but I know there's still loads that, that we've got to come, um, and some will be on our newsletter this Sunday, so you can catch up there. Um, Sam is scrolling through his inbox now, looking There's at all the at stories that we've four, missed. There's at least four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen that that still need to go up. Okay. I, I've not updated that. Let's say a dozen. Okay. Some of them might have been done, and I've not. We'll get to them at some point. Yeah. At this point, we're kind of laser focused on getting to the airport today because yeah. we're all very excited about the fact that when we get home, we're going to be in the middle of Heathrow Airport strike. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cry. Sam's going to get angry and frustrated. Ollie's going to be. Whacking people out with this new lightsaber. It's going to be very enjoyable. I think you're the angry one and I'm the cry one Probably. in that scenario. Probably. Because <laughs> I've been in that scenario before and you were definitely more angry than I was. Probably. You were. Inner circle secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on the lightsaber, um, I do want to kick off the show with... Um, Ollie. Because Ollie's been having a little competition, a competition this week with our colleague Nikki about who could get the most freebies yes. and without a doubt Ollie has won he has got what can I be described as a Santa Claus grab bag of goodies from the show floor Ollie has written a list of the things that he's collected well, he was doing so well that yesterday Nikki tried to strike a deal because she clearly wasn't going to win <laughs> and Ollie's won on that one as well because he's got his lightsaber so yeah. so um got 27 items in total. I'll just, 27? I'll just very quickly name each of them. I won't go into any detail. So this there. is the content all these professionals came for. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I, had a, I had a very efficient way of getting these freebies. So most of them are from companies um, I haven't spoken to before, I haven't met in person before. I'd go up to them, trade a business card for a freebie. It'd be like, if you have any stories, send, you know, send an email to, to this address. And you know they give me a freebie in return. Um, yeah, so I'll go through these very quickly. <laughs> I got a cap from AirTech. I got a 
little lantern thing from Siemens. I got a it's very good lantern. It is, good it is, lantern. It, that's probably one of the best. I've got a screen cleaner from Siemens. Yeah. It squirts all liquid and then you wipe it. I've got a fidget cube. I can't remember what company, company that was from. I've got like a, a plug that has two USB slots, also from AirTech. I've got a pair of uh, glasses from Excella. I've got a pair of sunglasses from Excella. Um, Which he wore all together the other day, just for the listeners. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I got this like flashlight that also had a magnet on it. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, from a company called Delphin, I got a phone stand. Um, I got a, a portable charger from 3D Systems. Um, I got a little green frog. <laughs> I, I think that might have been. I can't remember who that was. Might have been Mimaki, possibly. Someone who does. Come on, like, speed it up, speed it up. <laughs> 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 um, got a 3D printed coaster from Evolve, a grey one, which apparently is more exclusive than the black ones that most people have. Yeah, um, I've got a 3D printed pen from Evolve. Um, I've got like a sample 3D printed part that was referenced in the latest issue of TCT magazine. And um, I got like a multi-tool thing. Um, I got a 3D printed rabbit. I got a Rapid Plus TCT 2023 coaster from GKN. Um, I got a metal 3D printed boat, a metal 3D printed bottle opener, a little red lattice cube from Dimension, um, obviously the Meld lightsaber, um, a uniformity t-shirt from Sam. I was also given a uniformity t-shirt by <laughs> our CEO, Duncan. Um, I got a tiny little whistle from Mark Forged. I know they're very popular, so I think you've got one of them as well, Sam. I also do, yeah. Um, I got a cap from Speed. That We have confirmation that you say the name the company speed as speed not, not speed, speed 3d, 3D. okay can be speed 3d if you like no, speed is quicker speed is qu and that's what they're going for yeah <laughs> i also got a notebook from speed and i got a light up bouncy ball which i traded for some sunglasses you traded the bouncy ball with um with darren okay just doing swapsies that. oh okay <laughs> um like pogs. apart from the lightsaber which is your favorite oh Probably the lantern from Siemens. Uh, yeah, I reckon Siemens had the best where You can hang it up if you go camping, something like that. I think that one's really cool. See, what we should have done is we should have recorded this episode at the start of the week so that people yeah. knew which booths to go to to go get some freebies. <laughs> yeah, I think you can still gauge which companies will next time be potentially given freebies and who have done the best ones. Mm -hmm. So go to Siemens because Absolutely. the lantern and the... Screen cleaner. Yeah. Probably get the most use out of the Siemens one. Hundred percent. Yeah. So Siemens and Meld were the clear winners this week. I, I think. think so. Yeah. And their yeah. booth was just ace anyway, wasn't it? Oh well, yeah, that was that was really cool. Oh, Star Wars kitted out. Mm. Yeah. So I realised we just spent seven minutes talking about, <laughs> <laughs> about nothing. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the things we have actually seen this week, technology-wise. We've of course had keynotes every day. We've had the conference running for the week, which has been organised. Uh, between ourselves and our partners at, at the SME. It's been uh, really great actually hearing how packed some of those sessions have been. Um, and then our booth has been right by the main stage, which has had lots of panel sessions on too. So uh, we've kind of seen a, a lot this week. We've also been working with American Makes on the booth next door to us, doing, um, taking part in the game day feature, which has basically meant um, getting all these interesting companies and people from the show floor to come and have a chat about what they're doing with the technology, where the technology's going, some of the great things they've seen. Um, during Rapid Plus TCT this week. So that's been a really nice thing to be a part of, and I've, and I've got a few things to, to talk about from that. But 
Um, I don't like to do the whole question of like, what's the best thing you've seen? It's always a nightmare to try and answer that because it's usually, uh, you know, you can't really decide till you get home and digest it all anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sam, just tell us about something that you've seen this week that you'd like to talk about. Um, I'll start with anthropology because it was the, I think it was the first thing I did really, apart from the keynote on the opening day and um, I should say Entop because that's that new brand. So anthropology is now Entop. Um, and coincide with the uh, rebrand, they've also um, announced some updates to the NTOP platform. Um, so all the way across the show floor, you'll see, um, you will have seen branding uh, for NTOP 4. Um, and one of the bigger updates to that is um, this kind of field optimization capability, which they describe as the next step on from topology optimization, um, and they want to turn the complexity of AM design into an advantage, as opposed maybe to a bit of a barrier because it's you know hard to develop that expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like a flexible, open, multi-scale optimization framework um, that's built on implicit modeling and field-driven design. Um, so they had this example of like a structural bracket that they've developed for a NASA Excite project. Um, target was to minimize weight, but maximize the performance. So it was, it was only 6% lighter than, um, than kind of alternative parts, but it was twice as durable in the vibration. And what was quite interesting was like the wall thickness was not uniform throughout the bracket, mm-hmm. fine-tuned to, you know, what it needs to be in, in certain areas. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and they also touched on the implicit interop capability that um, they announced in partnership with EOS, I think a little bit before the event. Um, and so that's a plug-in to EOS print or EOS, EOS print. Um, and they, they described that capability as, as one that would eliminate the data exchange bottleneck. Um, so they they can create uh, print files that are up to 99% smaller, it loads 60% faster compared to meshes, um, supports parametric editing in, in the receiving software, um, and, and yeah, so that that's basically a, a way of making the, the, the print file size smaller, um, and they're launching that with EOS, um, but I think, I think the plan will be to kind of plug that into to different softwares and then EOS as well have um, they've been doing a few uh, software developments recently um, one of which was the the smart fusion capability so that is a, is a capability that automatically adjusts laser power um, inside their metal 3d printing systems it's designed to detect potential build problems um, it auto adjusts the laser power and eliminates um, like trial and error basically um, so they've gone through customer beta testing and, and they've said that it's consistently resulted in performances two to five times faster than its competitors. And the way it works is it uses a high-resolution camera. I think it's like mounted at the top of the machine and it, it monitors each layer's melt pool emissions. The data is then fed back to the laser so that laser power is adjusted um, to ensure homogeneous energy distribution across the build platform. They had parts on their booth that were um, printed with the help of Smart Fusion. One of them was a like a satellite dish 
um, that have been printed with like a 10 degree overhang with no support. Um, um, and they had another one where the, I can't remember what the part was, but there was a, a single support structure um, that was still there, but otherwise it was completely without support. Um, and the whole, the whole point of this is basically to reduce the need for support structures and that will then help with the cost per park to obviously not using as much material. Um, and you don't have to waste time at the back end to post-process that off. Mm. Um, they also think it will help designers have a bit more freedom. Um, so they've launched that on a few of their metal machines at a price point of like 30 to 40k. Um, and then the plan is to um, apply it to their AMCM machines, which is the customised um, metal additive machines. And then I did ask about polymer. It wouldn't for polymer. It wouldn't be something that they'd be using to reduce support structures, but it might um, be something that they'd be looking at to quicken the print speed. So they said there's n nothing official on that, but they are thinking about how they can apply that technology to their polymer portfolio. With all those launches and updates, and this is probably something that we talked about um, at Farm Next back in November. But I've been speaking to the American Makers team about this a lot today, and. A lot of the things you just mentioned then are not like grand machine launches. They're all quite incremental launches or things that are building out there. The additive ecosystem, like that reducing supports. Mm -hmm. And as we, as the technology moves, the industry moves and we're talking more about using additive for production uh, production applications, those things become increasingly important. Um, you know, material choice and just all these different software um, add-ons that have been hearing about. And I know, Ali, you've been to speak to a few companies like like Stratasys, for example, with the capabilities they've added with, with GrabCAD. Um, what what is your kind of takeaway on that? What, what do you do? You think the the stuff we have seen this week has been more incremental rather than these maybe grand launches we would have expected in years gone by? I guess the print processes are kind of stabilizing. Mm. Um, I think there's a few companies that have got that are still coming out with their proprietary technologies, the startups, and notably most of them aren't here. Um, but I think basically the processes are what the processes are, so there's not going to be any revolutionary change. Mm -hmm. It will just be, um, yeah, those incremental developments on software or materials. Um, you know, we're not developing new technologies anymore. We're going from one laser to four lasers or... Um, uh, a 600 watt laser so DMG Mori launched a machine this week um, the laser tech SLM30 US which is going to be producing they've already got a laser tech SLM30 this one is going to be produced in North America and it's got similar build volume but I think the original machine's got a like a 400 watt laser or a 600 watt laser and this one's got a 1 kilowatt laser mm. so it's just more laser power there. Mark Forge I think have done something different where when they've got, um, when they brought in the digital metal technology, they've um, advanced the recoder, and, and now it's twice as fast. Right. Like it's just those little things where you know they're not reinventing the wheel per se, mm -hmm. but there's little things they can do. And this week, as with any trade event at this point, a load of new materials as well. Yeah. And that was another thing that Mark Forge said um, in terms of maturing binder jet technology as a commercial option for, for customers it it's going to be materials that's mm -hmm. really the the thing that opens everything up so mm -hmm. yeah yeah we we're talking to um to melanie lang just a couple of hours ago now on the american makes beef and 
they've just introduced um, wire feedstock for their process. It's a DED process, and they've always been uh, like powder-based, but you know the demand from customers for that because it's familiar materials. It's what they're used to working with. You know, you can you can rely on the properties and that sort of thing. Like I think you're right, Sam. It's about the, the technology is there, but it's about building that out with the capabilities that that, that, that people want from a, a proper manufacturing technology. What about you, Wally? What um, what kind of things have you seen this week? Um, something I've noticed in a few of the uh, companies, companies I've been to see is uh, companies like collaborating and working together. So, for example, with Stratasys, with uh, the launch of GrabCAD Pro, for the first time ever, um, the software can enable third-party third part, party partner mm. plugins. That's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Caster and AlphaStar. So um, it's offering something new through working with other companies, um, which is obviously going to provide a lot of value to their customers. The Castor thing's really interesting because it's been the last few weeks we've seen a few companies now that have, that have uh, you know, taken them on board and they launched, what, maybe three years ago now, Castor? Uh, I want to say, was it 2019 or was it was during it? the pandemic? I can't remember. During the pandemic, yeah, it, yeah. I think we did it when we did uh, the Digital Form Next conference. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right, we when did, yeah. And I just didn't stop for two weeks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> good, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's an interesting technology because... Again, something else we've talked about an awful lot this week is that application discovery, and it's one of the challenges now to manufacturing. You know, like people are interested, but then it, it's working out how on earth does that actually fit into your business, or you know, what kind of part should you be printing with it? And that software, the fact that you can look at a part inventory and look for additive opportunities, I think is 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 going to be really useful. And the fact that there's now that integration in software like GrabCab, which so many people use, um, I think that's going to be um, quite interesting to see. And as I said, more companies seem to be integrating that technology now. Yeah, I've, just, I've been talking to a few people this week about that kind of thing because um, I was mentioning, like, I think the best way you can do it is apply it to, like, your own job. And, like, whenever we introduce a new software or whatever, yeah. even if it's just transcription software... It's a pain in the backside <laughs> to completely, even though it's just a small difference, to change what you're doing and to learn how to use that rather than just do it the way that you've been doing it. Mm -hmm. And this is a very real example. Um, and it, that, take that but scale it up because it's obviously more difficult to change a whole manufacturing setup. Um, and then add on the fact that maybe you don't know exactly where is best to apply it. Um, or, as you should be doing, you're thinking about that before you invest. And if you can't think of anything, you just don't invest. Mm. And then you miss on, miss out on opportunities. So technologies like that um, and Castor, you know, obviously kind of fill the gap in the market there, I think, yeah. um, will be invaluable, I, I reckon. I think for getting more people interested in the technology too and people that are outside of this industry, and, and again, this is, this is something else that I've had a few conversations about this week where... We're kind of in a bubble when we come to places like this because everyone, you know, everyone on the show floor knows about additive manufacturing, or at least everybody exhibiting knows mm -hmm. about additive manufacturing and its benefits. But it's the people that are coming through the doors that, uh, you know, that want education and maybe they're coming in and never used additive before. Even just an hour booth, the amount of people we've had come up to us that have just, they're from like, hey, I'm from like a, um, a, a kind of a, a traditional plastics manufacturer, you know, what's my play in additive manufacturing? Or, hey, I make this, can you point me in the direction of, like, of these companies that I should be speaking to? And it's it's, it's, it's technologies that are where I think, okay, they're going to find that really useful because it's a nice, like, it, it's a nice gateway. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, I, I do think as well that I've, I feel like I've seen this week um, a lot more people talking about um, not just how 
good the technology is, but also the, the, the realities of it too, like repeatability and the use of data has been top of mind, I think anyway, and that ties into the, the, the software stuff. I mean, we had a panel session with um, SAE International a couple of days ago and, um, you know, they were talking about, you know, qualification, certification, standards, which are all very different things and confusing the more you, <laughs> you, you dig into them, but of course, um, crucial when it comes to adopting additive into certain industries and, you know, they were talking about um, needing data um, to better inform processes and, and you know, to, to create better outcomes, especially when you're dealing with, with parts at scale. And I know there was an interesting, uh, like, NASA talk as well, which was all about, like, collecting that that, that, that data and having that repeatability and stuff. So, um, I, yeah, those kinds of questions have really been coming up. And for me, it's quite nice because I think you absolutely need that. You know, it's the same way we're talking about incremental changes that technology, you know, we also need that that realism as well to make sure that we're, we're doing we're doing the right things to, to get the industry where we need it to be. Two hundred exhibitors, four stages, one hundred speakers, and one thousand years of combined experience. TCT three hundred and sixty is firmly established as the UK's definitive three D printing and additive manufacturing event, and registration is now open. Between the 7th and 8th of June this year, TCT360 will bring together market-leading technology suppliers and services, as well as the largest free additive manufacturing conference on the planet. TCT360 is a free, must-attend event for anyone looking to evaluate, adopt or optimise 3D printing technology within their business. Join us on the 7th and 8th of June at the NEC in Birmingham. To register, go to www.tct360.com. What um what kind of talks have you both been sat in on? Because I haven't sat in on a single one. <laughs> uh, I've only really done the keynote, um, and there was a panel on early career uh, innovations in healthcare. Um, so the NASA keynote, I think both keynotes, NASA and uh, the Divergent one that I sat in, mm. I think because um, they're quite specialized areas um i feel like they'd be they're great for inspiration maybe most people in the room can't immediately apply what they've learned to what they do but when you see the things that both of those organizations are doing um like the the structures that divergent come up with and then the like the the stats to back up like what they're doing because when you look at that like the the application of the technology at Divergent, it all seems very futuristic. Yeah. And I think they're at a point now where they can actually go, this is happening. Yeah. And we've got partners. We don't just have partners in... I mean, automotive is the big one, I think, because of the volumes they print at. So that's a big win. I mean, I know they've only just started with um, Aston Martin, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, obviously not manufacturing in those kind of volumes, but the work they're doing with General Atomics um, in defence... Um, is is pretty interesting and then NASA um, they did a a good kind of past, present and future Um, and so you know the work they're doing now is great but then looking ahead and the the plans they've got um, you know to to manufacture in space and all of those kind of things are really interesting to see and and AM's a massive part of that so um, yeah they're both really cool 
both really cool uh, keynote <laughs> presentations. Um, I don't know whether Ollie, you got to sit in any other I ones? I sat in on the keynote. Yeah. So the, the first one, the Divergent one, I thought was really interesting. And my main takeaway from it was, wow, that, that car, the, the <laughs> yeah. C21, is it? C21, yeah. That's fast. It's fast. <laughs> that is really fast. Yeah, <laughs> and that's interesting because that... So I can't remember exactly. I'll have to Twitter thread up, but um, I think... So the, the Zynga Vehicles... Um, company that they've got is um, a company that they set up just a few years ago as like a laboratory for divergence. So they they like R and D, and part of that is is building the the C twenty one hypercar. Um, and he and then Kevin said something like the 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 funding that Zynga Vehicles got was just a few million, and the revenue it, it can generate because they're they're manufacturing and selling like. Or maybe eighty of these cars. I can't remember right. exactly, but it wasn't. It was a, a small volume of these cars. He's like, the revenue that'll bring us is like three hundred million that they can then invest into what they're doing right, yeah. with the DAPS system, um, which is like uh, computational design and three D printing and and robotic assembly. And even just seeing the videos of of the assembly, which I'd never actually seen before, but it it's amazing. Like. It, it really is just robots putting these structures together <laughs> and it's it's crazy that it's you know other than that it's like toolless um, so that that's really interesting and I think um, what's what's been good about the last year or two I think is that these companies like divergent companies like relativity who seem like these really they've got a lot of hype around them and they're very ambitious companies and and they're kind of proven that it can work. Mm-hmm. And this industry is like full of cynicism. I know we maybe contribute to that sometimes, but it's quite nice to see those companies for now looking like it works. And obviously they've got an awful lot of venture capital behind them. So, you know, that will bring challenges down the line in terms of repaying all that money back. But the things that they're setting up to do they, at, at the moment at least, they seem to be, you know, achieving, which I think is exciting for the industry. I'm so glad you said that, and I'm going to touch on something that I know Ollie's probably dying to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is that application inspiration, isn't it, which I know is a cheesy thing to say, but yeah. um, you mentioned then with the with the divergent stuff, you know, that, that can kind of, you look at it and you think, oh, that's a future-facing like concept thing, but it's not they're actually doing it. But it's the the ideas that might spark in somebody else as well, and we've seen an example of that um, over the last couple of months with the the Wilson basketball, which talk about cynicism. People have been pretty cynical about that. You know, for, for, I think for every person who's been quite excited about it, there's been someone who's been asking like, what's the point in this application? But this week we actually spoke to the whole team behind the application on the American Makes Booth. So. Um, we had Wilson, we had uh, General Lattice, EOS and Dimension talk about that entire um, process chain of how that, that, that happens and um, do you know what, they, it's a really interesting application anyway just because of like how they've, you know, they've, they've designed this to make sure it bounces like an actual basketball which when you see it you just you can't believe it actually functions that way and there's been so many basketball nets set up at the event this week to, to try and have a go, I have not, Ollie has. Um, I was very good. <laughs> and that's why I didn't. Um, but there's been, um, you know, so it, it's it, it's a really interesting, um, you know, example of the technology. But it's 
it's more the conversations I've had around that where, you know, everyone that's part of that project kind of had a similar story as, uh, you know, their, their family members and, and their friends who don't take any interest in 3D printing or additive manufacturing. And now they're seeing this because it's some, it was on their TV and it, it's relevant to something they're interested in. They're like, oh, they're, they're now asking about it. And um, I think that's, that is a good thing. It, it's, I know there's a worry that when we do this kind of stuff that you create this like this hype around technology again that it can never live up to or like, you know, you, you put stuff out there that it's, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily appear... It, it, it's not an industrial thing, you know. Yeah. So, so people, people, people do get cynical about it. But I think no, if anything, like there's probably kids that have seen that and might wonder, you know, they've seen three D printing a headline, might wonder what that is and, and think, okay, well, that that's I don't know what kind of in, that thing if that's going to spark in their imagination. Um, but even for, for you know for people in this industry that might have looked at that and think like the the lattice structure and general lattice have launched them a new software tool this week which is free to use. Um, which we've got a, a story about on, on the website. You know, it, it's even just putting eyes on things like that and all the different processes that went into doing this, the, the finishing process as well. That's interesting on, on, on its own. So um, I think we could stop being cynical about these things <laughs> and uh, and start feeling inspired by them. And that is my. I had this very conversation with uh, Chris Connery. We just stood after the DMG Mori press conference in the middle of their booth talking about this kind of thing because obviously um we were talking about the fact that desktop metal aren't here mm. and like whatever you think of desktop metal and all of the technologies and blah 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 the presence is a big deal and they they market themselves and the industry very well yeah and i i actually think we this industry has a very weird take on marketing as if it's this evil thing when it's not. It's necessary. Yeah. It's probably essential, actually. And, That's such a good point. And okay, maybe the marketing in this industry has not been great, but things like this are really good because it maybe Wilson will maybe Wilson have learned a lot about the technology through this. Maybe one day they three three D print a basketball. Maybe one day they don't. But from a material standpoint, from a design standpoint. The, the learnings you take from that, I imagine, are, are pretty significant. Um, and and I don't I don't know, like I don't remember this same cynicism when we talked when people were talking about Michelin airless tires. Yeah. It's the same thing except you need to manufacture a lot more tires than you do basketball <laughs> balls. Like so I don't I don't I don't know. It's funny where the cynicism is targeted at. Mm-hmm. But I actually really like it. Um, also just seem that EOS stand was really, really good. They had a full, like... Like a one, bar, was Like it? a half basketball court. Yeah. They had people doing a challenge. They had people engaging with their stand. Mm-hmm. And that, that, why is that a bad thing? Mm-hmm. That's really good. And then, you know, you imagine people... Some people probably get dragged along to events like this. They don't really want to be there. And then they see that. What? They, they do. <laughs> and, then, and, then they're, and then they're into it. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that even people who probably are in the technology and are in the industry but are also quite cynical, can't resist trying to get less than 15 seconds to shoot five hoops. So, so. go on, Ali, how did you do? Um, well, I didn't complete it. Yeah, you timed out, seconds, I heard. I yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. But um, well, it, it was fun to... How far around did you get? How I many got shots? to the last one. Did you? Okay. I got to the last one. I missed the last one twice before the buzzer went off. Oh, okay. So, for someone who... Never played basketball, only plays <laughs> football. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy with that. 
popular that. Soccer in this country. Soccer, yeah. <laughs> so what did you think when you actually saw it in person? I think it was it was it was really great to see it in person because you can read about it and you can try and understand about it. But it actually holding it and on the on the EOS stand they actually had a normal Wilson basketball as well. So being able to compare the two. Um, I think that was really handy to be able to actually physically see how it compares to actual right, yeah. basketball. Um, and I think I think you, you touched the, a bit on it before. It's it's more it's about more than just a great application of three D printing because the ball was debuted um, during NBA All Star Weekend. Um, I think it was at AT and T slam dunk contest, and that audience and the audience mm-hmm. that say is at this show. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very small mm-hmm. Venn yep. diagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, and the the All Star Weekend gets millions and millions of eyes on it. So that's millions of eyes on three D printing, which that's that's a great thing for the industry. Like no matter what you know the application mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of university students, a lot of students from like schools as well at the event uh, this week, and seeing them. Um, have a go of the basketball mm-hmm. and just you saw the reaction in their eyes, mm-hmm. you saw their eyes light up um, because it's something that that they can relate to that they they you know they play basketball and then they come here and see this and then you can imagine them thinking oh what else could be made with 3D printing yeah. Yeah. and then that just sparks something in On a very broad level that printed basketball resembles an actual basketball in the way it feels and the way it bounces mm-hmm. so you can make a basketball without needing air so what else are you making with things that you actually don't need because mm-hmm. you can just get better at design or you can use better material properties mm-hmm. like that's just that that's the inspiration really is what else am i doing that i don't need to be doing mm-hmm. and um I, I i covered the story for for our website speaking to nadine over over microsoft teams and i actually got to meet her in person this week and uh, she's she told me she'd been working on this project for five years, mm. which you know that's that's a lot of time and effort, yeah. and not being able to speak about it for five years as well must be tough. And um, <laughs> I think it must be quite rewarding for Nadine and the rest of the team to see how positively it, yeah. despite a, a bit of cynicism, how it has been received, um, especially by the people they, they wanted it to be received yeah. by, like the people who aren't in three D printing. Um, such as like the, the kids who play basketball mm-hmm. um, and the people who don't believe it and then who have it in their hands and think, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, when it, when they first put it out on like socials, mm-hmm. there was the whole thing of whether it bounced or not, yeah. Yeah. let alone anything else, just yeah. like, did it actually do what, it, what they were saying it did? And then obviously now we know it does. But mm-hmm. Even that though that you just said, when that project started all those years ago, it wasn't a can you use 3D printing to do this? It was, can you reinvent the basketball? You know, yeah. Dean wasn't asked to please think of a use case for 3D printing, which sometimes yeah. it has felt like <laughs> yeah. companies investing in 3D printers are, oh, we best find something to do with it. Um, you know, it, it was, okay, let's try this. It wasn't like a, a forced application. And I think that's important as well because we, we, we see a lot of that. Um, whereas it was just the the right solution for what for what they were trying to do that's also important is that and it doesn't it gets forgotten in all of the cynicism like wilson asked nadine to reinvent the basketball yes so those people that say that wilson are never going to manufacture the basketball this way yeah 
well, why? Maybe they will, yeah. maybe they won't. But th- they are thinking about how they can make it differently to how they do now. Mm-hmm. So who's, who's to say? Because, like, you would say 30, 40 years ago that about that, like that about a load of things that now we use 3D printing for. So I, I'm not prepared to say it's, it's just exclusively a marketing thing when it might not be. Like, mm-hmm. Nadine was not tasked with making a marketing thing. It was how can we make this product mm-hmm. in a different way, mm-hmm. in a better way, and this is where they've got to. Not to say that this is where it finishes. They might, like, this is five years in, but maybe it'll take ten years. Like, I've, we've just done a podcast with Neil Hopkinson, which will be out soon, and he's been work developing that process for twenty years yeah. to get it to where it is now. Like these things just and when this industry is not a very patient industry, no. <laughs> but some some things just take a bit of time. They've decided to kind of come up above the surface five years in to show what they've got. Yeah. It doesn't mean that this is where it ends. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, maybe it, it, or maybe it does end here, but, you know, they've just announced a partnership with Nectar this week and they've got... The thing is, I spoke to Nectar and the in-house capability, the 3D printing capability and expertise and knowledge that Wilson have got is really quite impressive. Mm. So, you know, but even if... Even if that's where their 3D printing adoption started five years ago, like they're doing other things with it now, like they're working with Nectar on the Adifab stuff, um, but not only are they adopting it to like do the product development on their own products, they're they're going to be the benchmarkers. They're so good at it and they understand it so well that now Wilson will be benchmarking products for other people with Adifab. Wow! Like that's their partnership like mm-hmm. so they know what they're doing um and like that and that kind of partnership is quite a unique one i think you don't really hear that or at least you don't publicly know that that's who's doing it mm-hmm. but um that is my understanding that wilson are going to be helping others to adopt a, a partly 3d printing technology mm-hmm. so they have this like great expertise and in, in-house mm-hmm. Joe, that was even the last thing I'll, I'll say on this, but that was even something that I noticed in that um, in that panel session that we did with all, all the partners. Like Nadine was, she said, I don't want to be the only person talking about this. I want to make sure every single person that was part of this actually gets a chance to talk about it because it very much recognised that, um, I know that's the, the end product is the exciting thing, but um, it was really just showing that it was a collaboration and um, they wanted to be quite open about all the different bits that went into it super important you know what we're always talking about you know it's not just about the, the part of the machine it's about everything else that goes into that process and um, and luckily I think we've seen quite a lot of good examples of that this week um, in terms of you know um, different companies partnering with, with with each other and bringing other stuff in-house or bringing additional capabilities it's um it's definitely something the industry is doing a lot more of yeah well just well think about so I guess the big the big issue maybe with 3D printing a basketball with powder bed fusion is the powder and getting it all out. Imagine the learnings that like EOS and Dimension have got from just doing this and how like how much they will need to improve things to that regard because it needs to improve regardless of the application. Like there's that that powder removal process can be a pain in the backside, so they know it needs to get better. Mm-hmm. But like d- working on a on an application like that, they'll really know how much it needs to get better, so, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I think we need to wrap up soon, guys, because we need to start heading to the airport. Yeah, I'm very conscious that people keep poking their heads <laughs> in doors and like looking at us, and it's like mm. we also need to get changed into comfy clothes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is. Uh, very Although I do hear in a suit, you've got more chance of getting upgraded at an airport, so I might stay suited and booted. I'll give uh, it a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Run away from you, that. I'm. Uh, I'm not prepared to take that risk. Okay. <laughs> so you do you. But. <laughs> Well, well, I'm sure we'll have more to come from Sam's uh, additional 12 press releases that's in his inbox. <laughs> yeah, that's my responsibility, yeah. is it? Good. And we've got loads of, of good stuff coming uh, from the show this week, different interviews and conversations we've had, some of the live stuff with America Makes that will be getting published over the next week and um, in our next magazine. So um, thank you so much for listening. If you've been at Rapid Plus DCD this week, thank you for coming. We hope it's been a successful week for you. Um, if you want more additive insight, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or if you want even more additive insight, you can head on over to tcmagazine.com to get your free print subscription to our mag or get the biggest 3D printing news stories of the week delivered straight to your inbox every weekend. Uh, so thank you again for listening and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Tickets are now on sale for the 2023 TCT Awards. On June the 7th, the 3D printing and additive manufacturing community will come together to celebrate the latest technology innovations and application developments at the 5th annual TCT Awards ceremony. The world's preeminent 3D printing and additive manufacturing awards program, TCT Awards is held alongside TCT 360 in Birmingham in the UK. To book your tickets, visit www.tctawards.com